What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome in. This is LOTL, and this is episode 154. Tonight's episode is brought to you by the Northwest Group. The leader in branded home textiles carries items from your favorite sports teams, movies, shows, and more. Check them out at www.thenorthwest.com and use promo code LOTL for 25% off your order. Tonight's episode, we welcome in a friend of Jordan uh, from his college days, Brendan Witt, who is an author, uh, screenwriter, and indie filmmaker who is from Cleveland but lives out in L.A. pursuing his dream. And uh, we talk to Brendan about his career, uh, his background in Cleveland, some of his favorite spots in Cleveland, um, some projects he has going on right now, some projects that he has coming out later this year. And uh, we also get into some Browns and Indians talk with Brendan, and Jordan runs through the normal guest uh, questions with him to kind of get a little bit of a feel on some of his favorite parts of our fine city. Uh, That about wraps it up for this week's episode, but before all that, we get everything started with the Beer of the Week. Let's do it. Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Jordan, Jimmy, Ryan, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. Welcome in, episode 154 of Living Off the Land. This is Ryan here with the boys. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing well. Splendiferous. I mean, being that it was 73 degrees today, that was that was a nice treat. And then so tomorrow it's going <laughs> to yeah, be like snow. Yeah. Thursday, 31. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's Ohio weather in March and April. We're going to do this fake spring, fake summer kind of nonsense. <laughs> yeah. But yep. it's been beautiful, at least for the past couple days. Yeah, it has. So um, credit where credit's due. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are going to be drinking something from Cuyahoga Falls tonight. Missing Mountain has a hazy AP. Well, first of all, Missing Mountain, uh, one of my favorites. I wish that they were a little bit closer. Yeah. Um, Huffy Puffy. Uh, I got this for the name alone because I thought – Hufflepuff. Well, not, <laughs> not even that, but I am a Hufflepuff for all you other Harry Potter dorks out oh. there. Everyone hates on us. We're the, we're the background characters. Fine, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Gryffindor! Hufflepuff's where it's at. Uh, but Huffy Puffy is a hazy IPA. According to the can, it is a double dry hopped hazy IPA coming at you with an abundance of citrus notes backed with a pleasant dankness. I always love when beers have dank. the word dank oh, in yeah, it. That's dank. just it's it's, one of my favorites. Yeah, it, it just, that's another reason to go for it. Um, thanks to a boatload of Citra, Mosaic, and Nelson hops. Prepare to have your taste buds bombarded with waves of flavor carried aboard a plush and fluffy mouthfeel. Ooh, mouth, man, we're hitting all the we are hitting all the buzzwords <laughs> on this one. Hey don't <laughs> love all, that mouthfeel. Don't get all huffy puffy. Okay. So, um, I am a big fan of Missing Mountain. Like I said, I was out there a couple of weeks ago. Um, we took a couple of us took a little road trip. Is a while, while ago. Yeah, yep. we hit a couple. Uh, Low roadie. Hit them and uh, hi ho, hi ho, 
Hi ho, hi ho! It's off to work we go. There was go. that? Was that the one that was like over the river? Yes, I like the woods. That, that was a good spot. <laughs> to grandmother's house we go. I mean, I can keep going. Yeah, <laughs> I really want to go. <laughs> I really want to go back there in the fall. I feel like that's that's yeah. prime yeah. time to head out that yeah. way. Um, yeah. So how are we liking the beer, guys? Man, I love this. Juicy. Yeah. It's very juicy. Yeah. A little juice on it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <we're> just yeah. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> <laughs> gonna let that one I mean, marinate yeah. for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, no, man, this I'm, is this is delicious. I love this. So smooth. Too. I remember having it when we when we went there. Um, was this the one we had? This is one. I of guess them. it was. Well, yeah. we all got flights, and this That's is what one that I got That's for sure because they yeah. had a they had a few hazies. They had a couple. Of them. I can't remember what the other one was called. They do have a lot of them. They're another one. They're another kind of, which yeah, yeah makes perfect sense. Yeah. They're up there for me with Masthead. So go figure. Ryan loves a brewery. Shocking. Absolutely. Specifically <laughs> when they do IPAs. That looks like orange juice in your glass. It does. I poured this into a glass. It is looking it's the at the epitome thing, of haze. Super actually hazy. And uh yeah, it looks like a like a thick mimosa. Oh yeah. Tastes like it kinda it yeah. 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 I tell you what, it it has that great IPA flavor, but not all the good parts of it. None of the you know I, I like bitter IPAs as well, but a lot of people don't, so this is a great IPA if you're <coughs> on the fence about IPA still. Like this, this is one I would highly recommend. This would try. be one I would try to give somebody who mm. historically doesn't like IPAs to try exactly. to like work their way. Like 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 Dan, like you know, prior to this, uh, I guess uh, the way he's set up now, <clears throat> um, you know, back when you uh, called them all. Lysol or pine saw. See, now, not, now you got well, me. Now you got me doing it. <laughs> I did say Lysol once, and um, yeah. yeah, I think yeah, I we did. We were all like interesting, and you guys did. And you, for, for, you guys didn't correct me, but you guys all are thinking it. Like, what is he talking about? We're all thinking the same thing. Yeah. Oh man. Um, so yeah, let's go around. Uh, yeah, let's score let, it. Let's Give go around. And score it. Uh, Jordan, you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. This is very tasty. Uh, this is this is. It's almost a little too sweet, though. I'll say that. I don't okay. usually. It's very sweet. Yeah, it's yeah. a little too sweet uh, to be like knocking it out of the park for me. But I like this a lot. I would. I would probably have one of these. Um, I would definitely buy it again. But it's not something that I would like <coughs> buy every weekend or anything like that. Uh, it's very good. I'm gonna give it uh, seven point eight. I think it's. I think it's. It, it deserves a pretty high score. Sure. This, I mean, this very much does taste like a mimosa. I mean, mm-hmm. it really does. Yeah. If you're going out for brunch or something. It's a good brunch and this, beer. Yeah. And this is, yeah, this, this <laughs> well, is something you get. And it's dangerous, too, because it comes in pint cans, and it's 7.4%. Hey, I don't know about you guys, but to me, it does not drink like 7.4%. No, Did you have any of these on Saturday? Oh, no. Which, <laughs> so, yeah. we got to get into that a little yeah, bit Yeah, Saturday was a night. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before you, the you, crazy you, you stuff You left happened. before I went <laughs> oh, yeah. sideways. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jordan, yeah, Ryan I, went I, sideways and then upside down. I've never seen Ryan like that. <laughs> yeah, I okay. don't do that often. That was oh, nuts. man. When's the next time this yeah, is going <laughs> Probably not for a while now. But, uh, yeah, Dan, what about you? How, where are we, what are we thinking? I really like it. Uh, I'm going to go something interesting here. It is 7.4% uh, ABV, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go 7.4. Oh, like that, I like little um, look at that little alliteration. Look that's at not that. alliteration. I don't but think not, that's alliteration. That's not. But but that's, <laughs> not that's not. It's not. <laughs> it's funny. I'm talking. I'm. I'm. I'm uh, wrongly describing alliteration, and we have an author on as our guest today. Oh, so more on that in a second. I'm a moron. But anyway, <laughs> seven 
7.4 for me, uh, Huffy Puffy. I love it. Love the name. I love the can. Jimmy doesn't have a mic, but what do you think of the can, Jimmy? Thumbs up from Jimmy. Thumbs up. Um, yeah, so I would definitely buy it again. Uh, it's a, you know, if I ever find myself in Cuyahoga Falls, it's a staple for me to go get. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's it for me. Very good. Nice. I think very highly of this beer. I'm going to give it an 8-1. Oh, he goes in the 8s. In the 8s. And I don't do that often. Yeah. I do not do that wow. often. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think I consider, I consider in the 8s okay. like you're willing. This is, It's actually spot on because I consider going into the 8s as like a beer like you're willing to travel to go get. Yes. Okay. And that's exactly what Ryan did. I have and I will again probably. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's what you have to do for this one basically. Yep. It's this one's great. Unless any local specialty <coughs> stores sell it, I don't know. They I don't might. Know. I think I've seen Missing Mountain before at like yeah. uh, Max on Ridge Road. So, yeah, probably Max um, or the Warren Beverage, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or what's the one um, across from Grumpy's? Oh, that's the where Tremont. I, I found, oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. where I found not like, a Cleveland beer, like but that's where Tremont I found Beverage some, or something. Uh, King Sue in there before a great beer. Yeah, from Toppling Goliath out of Iowa. Oh. Yeah, got that's you what, those that, yeah, that's yeah. You talked about that. And that's where I saw that. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, so yeah, no. This this I mean, this beer checks all the boxes. It's delicious. It's easy to drink. Uh, this is the kind of beer that got me in trouble on uh, on Saturday night. But it's uh, this is a this is a quality beer. Um. So yeah, beer of the week, Jimmy. How do you like it? No. I like it a lot. He, he likes it. he likes it a lot. He likes it a lot. Jimothy is he's seven point five. Seven oh, five. Wow, we were all. What is what, wow. what is it? You did it last week. What is it? You guys one upping me, going point one above me. <laughs> hey, I I was the first one to rate, and I was seven point eight. That's true. So that's true. But yes, last week I last think week I did you one upped me, yeah. and now Jimmy doesn't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you're Thanks. in Cuyahoga Falls, this is definitely a stop. Uh, they have, um, I believe, they have limited food menu. I think they have pizza. No, that's hi ho. They've Missing got, Mountain does have Missing Mountain does have a full yeah, kitchen. They've, they've no, got they a do. Kitchen. They yeah. actually had yeah. the big. Hi-Ho has the Hi-Ho uh, has like the pizza oven. Yeah, or just pizza. They yeah. have pizza. That's what it was. They got yeah. some great food over there too. I mean, I, yeah. I I wouldn't. It's definitely a brewery, but like I got their hot Italian sandwich that was yeah. delightful. I think oh. somebody else got some chicken. We we haven't really even good. mentioned arguably aside from the beer, Missing Mountain's greatest asset, which is the porch. I, I've never seen a patio oh, yeah. like that. That fantastic. That was phenomenal. We didn't get to use it when we went. Yeah, it was kind of cold. So yeah. cold. It, it was cold when we were there too. They had it all like tarped off. Like it's mm-hmm. like they tented in. Mm-hmm. So they had a bunch of heaters in there. So that helped. But we ended right. up in that like mm-hmm. main room. But yeah. yeah, that's gonna be a fun one for when the weather gets nice. Go over, go because that's what we did last time. I, <laughs> I went with um, a couple friends and we just went for a hike and then ended up uh Right there at the brewery, and yeah. it, it was a good day. So cool. There we go. Huffy Puff from Missing Mountain. Go check it out. And uh, we'll throw this over to Jordan to get into our guest. First, hold on, hold on. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, no. One more thing. Oh, no. Hold on. So it's somebody's birthday tomorrow. What? Uh oh. He might need a mic for this, Ryan. I don't know if you want to <laughs> help him out. Hello. So uh, happy birthday tomorrow, Jimmy. And oh, your no. Present. Did Ryan oh, orchestrate this? <laughs> he almost knocked over his beer. Yeah. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, Jimmy got a little gift. No. Yeah. Are we opening this on air? Yep, do it. Yep. We're no, live we, no, on we Instagram. Just, Say just, hi to all the we people. We just gave you the gift to uh to it Smells fishy. Oh. Fishy. By fishy, That's I mean like coffee. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Like God, I what did we? What did you order, Dan? Oh boy! <laughs> oh, oh boy! Phoenix Coffee shout out. Okay, all right. 
And our friends. And very own Bird Town Coffee. There we go. Yeah. Hummingbird blend. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you. The big two, three. Uh, We got word from uh, Ryan that you like dark roast. The dark roast. Love it. Now, now here's the thing. Is it LeBron year or Jordan year? Um, Oh. (laughs) We don't have that. Wait, I'm confused. 23. He's 23. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Would you call it your LeBron year or your Jordan year? Oh. I think you have to go with Jordan because he had it. He made it the number big oh, first. That's because your you name's know. Jordan. But I mean, yeah, the greatest, the greatest twenty-three of all time is LeBron James. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Hey, Let's I am, do this. I am not getting involved <laughs> in this. Not this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another week. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do the goat episode one. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> Some other time. Um, awesome. All right. Well, let's not keep our guest waiting. Right. Yeah. yeah. Enough <laughs> of that. All right. Well, I'm uh, happy to introduce uh, my old CSU friend, and Go he is an independent author and screenwriter, Brandon Witt. How's it going, Brandon? It's going, man. What's, what's going on with y'all? Just, you know, just a Tuesday night in Cleveland. What can we say? <laughs> How's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 73 degrees here, so we're pretty, pretty excited about that. I'm sure over there in uh, California, I'm sure your weather's been great, you know, this whole year so far, but <laughs> you know how it is over here. Yeah, I know the, the weather in Cleveland is, uh, I talk, I talk to, you know, friends and family back home all the time, and it's like, it's up and down, it's up and down, like, y'all get smacked with snow, then the next day, Seventy degrees, but right. You know, Cleveland weather, man. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, let's uh, let's jump right in. Let's uh, get to know you. I want you to introduce yourself further in your own words, and we'll go from there. I have uh, some questions set up, and we'll go down the line. And he also has a new uh, book he's going to promote as well. So we'll get to that in a bit. But let's start with uh, you introducing yourself, and yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, man. Um, well, you know, my name is Brendan Witt. Uh, I'm a independently published author um, and screenwriter. Um, I'm the creative director of Opal Beatrice Creative Company. And um, I'm also a teacher. So if you go on my Instagram, my bio says author, screenwriter, educator, and part-time troll because I like to <laughs> too. <laughs> um, that's like a, it's like a skill. It's a trait. So <laughs> I can confirm um, he, he can. You know, other than control. that, man, um, I'm a. Uh, you said what? I, I said I can confirm that you can definitely troll sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, Jordan, oh, man, I'm a, I'm a troll for sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I'm, you know, I'm just. I'm just living right now, man. Just enjoying my my last year in my twenties right now, man. Just you know, getting ready to become a thirty year old writer now. I guess that's that's like that's like my biggest focus right now. But yeah, man, I'm I'm chilling right now. Awesome, awesome. So you are. Um, we'll get to your books in a second, and I, I, we'll, we'll we'll go through the ones that you've already published. But uh, you are originally from Cleveland, though, correct? Uh, Cleveland, born and raised. Yeah, man, Cleveland, born and raised. Um, I grew up in the Huff neighborhood my whole life, pretty much. I moved over there when I was four. I didn't leave until I moved to L.A., so um, I'm definitely Cleveland through and through. Yes, sir. My parents been there, both parents born in Cleveland, man. I grew up 
uh, family from Shaker, family from East Cleveland, family from um, Warrensville, family from Cleveland Heights, you know, just family just all over the city. Um, grew up, you know, big Cleveland sports fan. I know Cleveland. I love Cleveland. <clears throat> I, everything I do is Cleveland, you know what I'm saying? Anybody that know me that's not from Cleveland, they definitely will tell you the first thing. They'll be like, okay, from Cleveland. You know, that's that. I wear that on my chest everywhere I go, so, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And you, uh, we met in CSU, so obviously you went there. What, uh, what were, what did you end up graduating with? I know it, was, it had something to do with English, right, or, or writing or something to that effect. Yeah, man, so that, <clears throat> that answer is twofold. Um, I got my bachelor's in 2014 in journalism and, um, basically PR. They call it promotional communications, whatever, but it's PR. Yeah. And um, then I took some time off. I took like a year off from school. And then I came back. I went back and it was 2016. And then I uh, completed my master's in 2019 as a playwriter. So, yeah, it was like communications and then English. But, yeah, you, you, was, you was there. You was there. Close enough, I guess. <laughs> well, thanks for clarifying that, too. Um, so when did you end up <laughs> when did you end up moving to L.A.? Uh, that was recently, kind of, right? Yeah, so that, yeah, so um, the first time I came to L.A. actually was 2018, and um, I was just kind of like, you know, getting ready to graduate from grad school, or I wanted to figure out, like, all right, what's my next steps? So I came to L.A., and I stayed out here for, like, three months, you know, just working. Like, I was working at a restaurant, you know what I'm saying, getting my little routine down, going to the store, and all my off days were, you know, just figuring out, you know, uh, my day-to-day. Then I went back to Cleveland, got married, uh, to my then longtime girlfriend, and then we both moved out here, you know, together, married, and um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, that was 2019. So yeah, it was the official move with June of 2019, and it's been, you know, it's it's been trying, but it's also been rewarding, and you know, both ways, you know, like I tell people, my my rule I learned in 2018 with LA is like. If you really live in L.A. life, you're going to get kicked in your nuts at least once a week. <laughs> and my wife found that to be true. And anybody that come out here to live in L.A., you're going to figure that out. It's going to kick you in your nuts at least once a week. It could be a soft baby pat, or it could be a full-on like, nut blast. But it's going to be one of the kind of hits. Hey, man, those those soft uh, baby taps are almost worse sometimes. <laughs> And that's what I'm saying. Like, that's <laughs> LA, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, don't, don't, it, it's going to hit you in the nuts at least once a week, I promise. But, you know, hey, that's why that's why so many celebrities are mad. Like, you start to understand, like, you know, like, even a million dollars can't save you from the annoyance of living in LA. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. like you get it when you move out here. You be like, all right, this place is annoying as shit. Like, it's, it's like, I don't even need to be But, yeah. Great, great, and um, so, uh, and currently you said you're also you're teaching right now as well. Did I hear uh, correct? Yeah, man, I'm teaching uh, at a great school. I can't really publicly say the school, but it's a great school. Yeah. Um, I love teaching there. I love what I do. I teach journalism. Um, I teach creative writing. That's um, you know focused on another publication within the school, and I teach English too. So. 
it's really fun. I work with a bunch of, you know, other talented writers who work at the school as well in the department. That's one of my favorite things about being a writer is like, even when you work in education, no matter what level, um, it's like, you still, you still, you know, you, you can still teach right at the same time. It's like, it's why it's one of those great fields. We're talking about Spike Lee. Spike Lee, you know, he teaches at NYU, and I want to say, I think it's Chloe Zhao who's nominated for her film, Nomadland. Um, I think she, yeah, it's her. She was one of his students at NYU. So it's like, it's dope to see, like, as a writer, like a practicing artist, you could still, while you practicing your craft, you can influence, like, somebody else to be great. So, yeah, I really enjoy being a teacher. Awesome. Glad to hear that. Uh, let's get into, um, your, let's get into your books. Let's get into your books. So you have, you are self-published. Uh, maybe do you want to run through some of your, uh, books and, and talk about how the process of self-publication has been? Yeah, sure. So, um, 2013, I released my first short, uh, novel or novella, Summer in Harlem. Uh, 2015, I put out my first collection. It was really rough. It was called If I Wrote a Hip Hop Album. Um, I'm gonna definitely re-release that at some point this year too. Um, and then I came through and I made uh, my first full poetry piece. Um, it was called When the Crows Come Home. Mm-hmm. It got it got pretty like decent, you know. You know, it was received pretty well, even though it's like a really low level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it was still on the crumb. But um, after that, then I put out. Uh, uh, Camp 67, which was another one. That one was like, that one was, you know, well received, but another one that, you know, I just couldn't really, I couldn't hit on the publicity part of it. Um, and then I did, uh, my most recent one, which was actually my graduate thesis title, uh, um, The Love of Passion or The Passion of Love and A Minor, which is like a kind of like a very, very sentimental, uh, play that I, I plan to, you know, produce the stage at some point in the future, you know, whenever, you know, that, that time comes. Um, but yeah, um, the self, the self publishing process, man, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I feel like it's weird. Like, I feel like I've kind of like t- taken the step up from self published to like independently published because, it, uh, I have my company now, the creative, um, the Opal Bitches creative company. And I established that in 2018 and it's the imprint on my books now. Um, I'll soon be a member of the independent, uh, book publishers of America at some point um it's, it's a it's, it's a it's a fun experience it's a very empowering experience um it's like it's a it, it just felt like a power move for me to kind of establish my own thing and publish my own books and you know start working up from there you know uh it's a it's a it's a it's a hard process because you have to handle everything um you know you got to handle you know like not only do i have to write my book but i have to develop it in all these different spaces so the, the process takes a lot longer because I'm one person doing probably like five, six different jobs, you know, like I got to edit, I got to proofread it. Like when I edit and proofread, it has to be so far from when I wrote it. It has to be like, I don't even know what it is. Yeah. I mean, I could imagine, I mean, the, pro- oh, I think, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you got cut yeah. off there a bit. You were just, I think you were wrapping up your thoughts on, uh, independent pub, you know, self-publishing and all that kind of stuff. Anything else you wanted to add about, uh, that process? No, that was pretty much it. It was like, it, you know, you know, it's, it's a, it's a lot, it's a, it's a long process. It takes a lot of work, but you know, 
I'm dedicated to the craft and the you know and the grind. So yeah, it's all good. So I uh, I recently finished Camp Sixty Seven. Um, that was uh, one of the books I I selected of yours to to read. And I, I really enjoyed the story from start to finish. What was some of the inspirations for that for that book? Like the I want to get to know some ideas on like the time period you chose and the setting of it being a camp. Yeah. So um, at the time, uh, the funny thing about Camp Sixty Seven is I started writing. I started planning it when I first finished. Um, a summer hard in 2013. So it was this idea that I had of, you know what I'm saying, dealing with race relations in the 60s. And I was like, man, what's the, what's like a really fun way that I could just dress that up? Like one of my old professors from, uh, you might, you might remember him, Jordan, uh, Dr. Gary Petty. Oh yeah. He, 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 he liked to call it window dressing. And I, I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was like, you know, let me just see, you know, let me just see what I can do with that time period. And the camp was kind of inspired by this camp I would go to as a kid. I went there twice. It was third grade and fourth grade. It was called like the Cuyahoga Valley something camp. It was like some kind of nature reserve thing mm-hmm. um, in the Ohio Valley. Um, and Well, in the Cuyahoga Valley. And um, going to that camp, it, it was fun because you learned about Ohio. Like you got all these different insights and stuff, but... It was like, that's the only type of go-away camp I ever went to. Like, I never did the summer camp where you go away for, like, a month. Like, mm-hmm. I did that, and that was four days. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it was with school. You know, it was kids you went to school with. So I always kind of wanted to, you know, play with the idea. And so then um, I kind of just, like, the ideas just kind of fell on me. Um, I think at the time, like, um, Mad Men was wrapping up, which is a show I really enjoyed. I love that time period of the 60s. So everything just kind of tied up, and I was like, yo, I'm going to just do a little story in the 60s. And then it ended up being at a summer camp. And um, it, it was a lot of fun. I like playing with the characters. Uh, two of the characters were actually based on Ralph Ellison and Richard Wright and their friendship to an extent. Um, it was a lot of fun just, you know, throwing that, throwing, throwing those kind of like little tidbits in there and stuff. But it was, it was a really, it was a fun experience, man. I really hope that, you know, um, one day I can get the script in somebody's hands and maybe it can at least end up in development hell. It could never even get made. I'll just be happy to check my cash. But I would love to like have it, you know, adapted, you know, and um, be in so that's funny you said that because like while I was reading it, I could just envision like a Netflix miniseries, you know, like all the characters, just these like eccentric young young men and and women, and I just think the setting is a perfect setting for like a, a, a miniseries, like almost like a coming of age miniseries. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, that's interesting. You said that. I, I, I could totally see that being a thing. I, it would it would be a very fascinating show for sure. The way the, the like, and it's I love that you said that, and that makes that like that fills my writer heart with so much warmth hmm. because like. I, when I write my books, like, I'm trying to write in a different way from the books that I grew up reading or, you know, that we all grew up reading for all this time. And so um, I, I I write my books in that in that form. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, again, 
I I I enjoyed that one a oh, okay. lot. So. Oh yeah, yeah, no. Oh no, you you're fine. You're fine. Sorry, the delay just for for any listeners. Yeah, for listeners out there, if it, if it sounds a little weird, we're dealing with a little bit of a delay, but it's yeah, okay. Yeah, so we're we're doing our best to get around that. Um, what of of all your published work so far, Brendan? Is there any one that you enjoyed writing or creating the most, or one that is your favorite? I will probably have to say it's Camp 67, to be honest with you, just because mm. it took so much time. And when I got done with it and I seen how to, you know, it, it, the people that did get a chance to, you know what I'm saying, get to read it and stuff. Like I said, like, when you have to wear so many hats, you know, certain things don't come through all the way. So, like, my marketing for this one particularly was really, really bad. But um, I'm still proud of, the story that came out of it, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it has a lot of pool. Um, like you said, people people felt the characters. Like they love those little boys and that. Not little boys, they're really like young men because they're like twelve and thirteen. So yeah, they really felt with those young men and they everybody. You know what I'm saying? Got a character that they can relate to. You know, like growing up, I was kind of sort of like a Ralph. Yeah, but my house clothes okay. was more like um like um um. I can't think of his name right now. The other kid, I can't, um, um, I can't think of his name right now. Was man. it uh, was it Johnny That's or so Milton? That's so bad. That's or, so bad. Forget no, no, you're, you're fine. Was it Milton or Johnny or um, Milton? Milton. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It was Milton. It was Milton. Yeah, Milton. Yeah, I was. I, I wanted to say Milton, but I couldn't remember at the moment. I'm like, oh, it's been so. I, to be honest, I haven't read that story in so long. Yeah, it's yeah. Like little nuances when I go back and read some of my stuff, I'd be like. Damn, I forgot I even wrote this. Like, <laughs> I was shocked at what I wrote, but yeah, yeah, man, that was Cat sixty seven for sure. The yeah, story, the story was so good. The story, the story to me, it was just it just came through. And like you said, you felt like you were watching a mini series or something. Like that's what I hope. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to get there. You know, and I know I know to get there. You know, once yeah. the right executive look at it, I'm gonna sell them on it anyway. So you yeah. know, it just gotta it just gotta hit the right person's ears. That's all. For sure, and I think too as like I don't know, just speaking as like a guy, like I felt so mu- I could identify with so much. Like I believe it was uh oh boy, was it Milton and Nikki get in a fight like at the beginning when they first meet? I think it was those two. I may have mixed them up, but there was yeah. two two other characters get in a fight like yeah. right off the bat. It was. But then like after the fight, they like have this respect for each other, and they and they they end up being friends. And I just I was like, yeah, that's such a guy thing, like <laughs> you know. <laughs> I uh, I really I really I, I really enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you did, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's do this. So I know there's a few other things I want to talk about uh, before we get to sports and some uh, questions I have about Cleveland. I want to ask you, but let's talk about uh, you have a new project coming up, correct? Uh, maybe if you want to talk a little bit about what that is. Oh. I think he's there. Difficulty. Oh. Can you hear us, Brennan? All right. All right. Here we go. There we it's go. cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm back. I'm back. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, if you just want to spend some time talking a little bit about your uh, your new project, your new book that you're working on. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, the new project I'm working on, man, if you, you know, if you know, if you like Kansas City 7 and, like, this is the song, like, this is the kind of story. I'm just kind of building on those skills and like every other all the lessons learned through that narrative. 
And um, so, yeah, um, it's called For Pride, For Country. So it's like For Pride, comma, For Country. Um, because it's like, it's like the, it's like the idea of like living in America and like the identity of self, you know what I mean? It's like everybody is an American, but then it's like, you you know, your hyphen, you know, what else are you? You know what I'm saying? Um, so, well, your, your thing and then the hyphen American, I should say, you know, so I kind of, I kind of like that idea, but then it kind of like the story, you know, the way how the character, you know, he go through the journey Ephraim. Um, through the Union Army in the Civil War, he uh, he kind of starts to like kind of lose that idea of self, you know what I mean, and it becomes a struggle for him. So um, it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun one. One day it'll be a graphic novel because it, like oh. um, it takes place in the Civil War, so a lot of violence, um, a lot of action, a lot of gore, and um, I have I have a Cleveland-based artist who's working on a sketch for me of. The character, his name is John G. Um, he's a dope comic book artist um, out of Lakewood, I believe. Okay. Um, so he actually has this. Uh, John G. has this thing in Cleveland every uh, year called Genghis Khan. You know, without COVID, of course. But right. um, he would do this Comic Con style thing called Genghis Khan, and it will be in Cleveland, just like all these like indie artists and um, you know comic book people. You know, they show out so. I reached out to him and, you know, he's doing a sketch for me of the character that'll get worked into the art of the book. But right now it's just, it's just a short novel. Um, it's a, it's, it's about twice as long as what Camp 67 is. Um, but you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's an action filled story. And, you know, I think, I think that people can kind of, they'll be able to relate to, you know, what Ephraim goes through, even though he's in war, like, you know, it's kind of like just that, that struggle of, you know, being who you are within american culture you know what i mean but it's it's fun it's it's a it's a fun story great awesome and do you have a, a timeline for when that will be um uh available yeah right now it's looking like a late april early may release okay so it's it'll be very soon it'll be very soon um yeah great great um, I wanted to also ask before I open up to the guys, if they have any specific questions, I wanted to also ask you, um, what, who are some of your influences? Like whether they be authors or directors or, or even an actor or something like, yeah, maybe if you want to go through some of your influences. Yeah, man. Um, so I'll say like, just because of where I am right now in my, in my creative life and career. I probably say like Gennady Tarovsky is very way more influential on me than I thought. Um, growing up, you know, Gennady is the creator of Samurai Jack. Um, I know okay. he also did art for uh, <coughs> Dexter's Lab. So those are two cartoons that I like. I'm, I like. I stand. You know what I'm saying? As a kid, like I love those two shows. And then you know he just did Primal, which was Emmy nominated. And when I look at the way he told his stories, uh, specifically specifically with Samurai Jack and then Primal, uh, I, I really, re it resonated with me. Like, I'm like, okay, I really like it. And then on top of that, man, just growing up black, man, like Spike Lee, he's like God to all of us. Um, like, he's that guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, with those two, I have to throw like Quentin Tarantino, um, Kanye West for sure. Mm -hmm. Like Kanye to me is like, that's like my creative father. Like I've never met the guy and probably never will, but like, he influenced me so much as a young black man growing up in the 2000s. Like, it's like, he, like, 
I don't think I'd be as comfortable being a writer if he never was a rapper. That's mm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. Dave Chappelle is another hero of mine. Just like. Oh yeah. Like um. Uh, uh, he, he can tell you. Jordan can tell you that. Um. You know, I got like I got like a little off color humor to me. <laughs> it might be coming to this interview right now or not, but I got like some <laughs> off color uh comedy to me a little bit. So like Dave Chappelle was like one of my heroes for sure. Um, I actually got to meet Donnell Rawlins. If anybody knows who that yeah. is from um. Chappelle show. Oh, did we lose him again? There we go. Yeah, there we go. yeah, we're back. We're back. Yeah, so you... I'm not back. I'm back. It just keeps like it keeps like buffering. Yeah, I don't know. Buffering. I mean, it's. But it... yeah, um, I met Donnell Rollins out here from Chappelle show, and it, it was dope. Like it's you know, um, yeah, it's, it's I, I got I got a lot of heroes, but those are probably like the main ones that I won't say heroes. I'll say influence because I'm my own hero, but. They're definitely influences, also. Yeah, yeah, no, that yeah, for sure. That's so cool. You got to uh, to meet uh, um, uh, Dar- uh, was, God, De- yeah, Danell. He's uh, I saw him. Wasn't he? Yeah, wasn't he recently on uh, Rogan's podcast? I think. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool interview. I remember that one. Chappelle show. Um, all right. So before, uh, does anybody have anything specific they want to ask? If not, we can get right into some questions I have, uh, for you, Brendan, just regarding your favorite spots in Cleveland. Um, and we can just get right into that. So we can start off. Let's just do, what is, uh, what's your, do you have a favorite brewery in Cleveland? My favorite brewery? Yeah. Um, it's this spot downtown, um, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's like on East Ninth. East Ninth. And it's like, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but I just remember going there with some buddies one day on a weekend, and it was like fantastic. Uh-huh. I will say, uh, like everybody loves, you know, Great Lakes yeah. Brewery, but it's the one brewery like on East Nine, and I cannot. Think was of it a? Ma- is it Masthead? I'm gonna just go Great Lakes, just because I can. Great think Lakes. Of that name what, right what's now. the one that? Was it Masthead? Masthead. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. So that's actually Ryan's favorite brewery. I think it, I My think man. it was Masthead. I was thinking, uh, what's the one that they have a they have a tap room here, but it's from New York. Oh, Southern Tier is another yeah. one I think that's on East Nine, but it's probably Masthead, and that's actually <laughs> Ryan's favorite. That, that's actually Ryan's favorite brewery too. Yeah, it's so. yeah. Yeah, good spot for sure. Because um, they, they got the flatbread pizza, right? Yeah, yep. yep. They got that, the flatbread pizzas, right? That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yep. They yep. slap. Awesome. Yep. Let's do kind of in the same vein, <laughs> but a weird different environment a lot of times. What's uh, your favorite Cleveland bar? Mm. My favorite Cleveland bar? It's a couple. So, um,. I, I like ABC Tavern and University Circle. I don't know if it's oh. still open or not, but yep. I used to like that place. They are. Yeah. Um, it's Ohio City, too. I definitely like Becky. Oh, yeah. Uh, Becky's was the spot, you know what I'm saying, for Cleveland State kids. Yep. Um, I'm going to say another spot up um, in the Waterloo area. I don't know if it's, it's still open, but it was a Caribbean spot called Kalaloo Cafe. Um, huh. I used to love that spot. Um, Where's water? That's a lot of bars, man. I'm like, uh, man, I love, I love alcohol, so it's like I, I just like <laughs> bars. I don't have a favorite bar. Alcohol, you my favorite bar. Oh yeah, I get that. We get that. Um, 
Uh, all right, so let's do. I don't know. I I picked this one randomly just because I feel like it's a good a good question to ask people that live here. Like, do you have a favorite museum in the city? Okay. And we're yeah. just like right on the edge of it. And so like growing up, me and all my friends, like we would take walks up to Way Lagoon and you know what I'm saying, everybody doing yeah. backflips and cartwheels and so then we grew up to like you start taking girls up there and you kicking <laughs> it to where like you know what I'm saying, you just a grown man up there kicking it, just relaxing. So it was a it, it's like the, the Cleveland Museum of Art for me specifically because I just love art, like being a writer, like I'm not I don't wear it on my sleeve, but I'm like a real artsy dude. Like you wouldn't know it looking at me, cause I'm not like I'm not walking around with like overalls with paint splotches and like dirty shoes <laughs> and stuff. Like, like I, I rather wear like tennis shoes and like nice jeans, t-shirts. You know what I mean? But yeah, um, yeah, I, I just love the Cleveland Museum of Art, man. I, I used to love walking around, listening to my music, and looking at the, specifically Rick Ross and Jay Z. Like those, like two of my favorite rappers to listen to at the uh, at the museum, and that kind of depending on the mood. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the Cleveland Museum of Art is is spectacular. It's honestly, I think it's nationally well known, probably internationally well known as well. I mean, it is it is a truly beautiful museum. Yeah, it is. It is definitely. All right, I got a few more. Let's do favorite Cleveland restaurant. Ooh, like I said growing up in cleveland and like growing up in you know the cultural heart like you know what i'm saying east side cleveland mm-hmm. like man it's so many restaurants like i'll just name the ones that i miss that i'll say the ones that i took for granted because i could go down the long to the different spots <laughs> Perfect. Um, i feel like i really took mr hero for granted before I yes left. so i miss mr hero in the roman burger yes and um it's just something about winking lizard uh-huh. chicken yeah. And I just really miss the way they cook that chicken at Wink and Lizard, specifically the one downtown. Yep. Like right before okay. you go to a concert, a right cast game, yep. oh, yeah. anything. Like just popping up at Wink and Lizard, get some chicken real quick, and like, like it, I just miss it. I really miss those two spots a lot. Yeah, it's a great pregame spot, like before a concert or a game or something, to go there for sure. Perfectly located too. I've never had Mr. Hero. Oh, dude. I'll tell you what, there probably isn't a burger that's worse for you health-wise, but if you live in Cleveland, Brendan, back me up on this. You live in Cleveland, you have to try a Roman burger. I've never had, yeah, never had one. Oh, my God. You have to. You have to. If you don't try a Roman burger in Cleveland, like, I don't even know what you're doing. You're not even, right. you're not even living in Cleveland. It's like... You have to have a Roman burger. You have to have a Polish boy. Like those yes. are the two things you oh. have to eat as a Cleveland. Oh my god! A Roman burger and a Polish boy. Dude, you know uh, the Miz's dad owns a Mr. Hero. I did not know that. The WWE. Oh. Yeah. We should go find that one. It's it's on Broadview Road in Parma. <laughs> so sign me up. <laughs> We're doing yeah. it. All right, we got it's so we got good. three more. Let's do so uh, date night spot. Favorite Cleveland date night spot. <clears throat> Mr. Hero. <laughs> Man. Uh, fa- <laughs> no, that's for the hangover in a uh, Sunday morning. Hey, there we go. Hey. No, favorite date night spot, I'll probably say me and my wife used to love going to B-Side 
on a Saturday. Yeah. And just drinking and dancing. That was a great date night spot. And then just, honestly, a great date night spot is Wade over Wednesdays, man. Whenever they oh, get those back open. Like, yeah. Wade over Wednesday is always, that's an easy, that's an easy so this is So this is really cool because, like, as a podcast, we all live on the west side. So it's really cool to get some east side uh, Cleveland, like, flavor on the show tonight because we haven't done and this is our fault we need to be better about this is like checking out places on the east side and talking about it on our show because like i'm sure you know it being from the east side there's this whole west side versus east side cleveland rivalry and we're all from west side so i know jordan has family in willoughby on the east side so he's kind of both but we haven't really as a podcast been very good of uh making sure we also showcase the, the east side of our city. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's, it's just like how the city is, man. You know, it's like, you know, it was just, it was kind of by design a little bit. You know, you get into, like, you know, white flight and, like, how you, you know, you design and red line districts and all that political yeah. stuff. But, yeah. you know, man, it's, it's, I think I think the beauty today is, I think that, like, our generation, like, I feel like Cleveland is starting to, like, we do kind of mingle more, you know, like, yeah. me and my wife, I remember one time we popped out at uh, Around the Corner in Lakewood. Oh, yeah. And that was, yeah. like, one of the best, like, that was one of my, like, fun, like, semi-memorable nights. Like, like, like I kind of remember that night, but then I kind of don't, but that's so it was, like, a really good night. So <laughs> that's I how Around the Corner goes. Man. Like I said, I love Cleveland through and through. Yeah, for sure. I know my, uh, my girlfriend always... Uh, loved going to East to like the University Circle era or whatever it's called that that uh, Case Western area. Um, so she would make me go out there, and I always enjoyed it. It's just something different, you know. Uh, hey, Brendan, you ever go to uh, the Feast of the Assumption in Little Italy? No, I've heard of it, but I've never been there. Oh man, see, I'm I'm Italian, so uh, that's like that's like my. Uh, uh, I don't know what Your you would call 4th it. Fourth of July. Yeah, it's like my Fourth of July, <laughs> my Easter, my Christmas, all rolled into one. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, that's dope. Like I fucking love Italian food so much, bro. Like oh. Italian food is like it's one of the top cuisines in the world. Oh, like yeah. I mean, I love it. Like even the fact that calamari is Italian, like I love that. That's what food. we like, do, I man. I love calamari. Like it's right. so fucking. We do soccer cool. and food. That's oh, what I we love do. It. <laughs> yeah, so true. Um, and and uh, Jordan, Jordan can tell you, I am also, I too am a soccer fan. Oh yeah, you know? uh, yes. Go Man U, go uh, Columbus Crew. Wait, he said Man U. Yeah, he's a United fan. He's a crew. Uh, fan. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he's a he big soccer guy over here for sure. Uh, he must be. He must be a city fan. No, no, city no. Fan. So I'm Italian, so I follow the Italian league, and and y'all just beat us in the in the Europa League. A I'm an AC ah. AC Milan fan, so you guys just beat us, so I'm a little salty. Ah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I've been I've been kind of out of my soccer. I've been kind of out of my soccer loop just because of the time difference out here in LA. You know, we're three hours behind oh, you yeah. guys, so it's yeah. like. It's like the timing with the soccer game sometimes for me. Oh man, really, yeah. Like, you imagine like out of whack. Yeah, imagine like him trying to get up for a seven a.m. Uh, Man U game. Oh my God, like hey, four, four in the morning. Must just not even go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So the last two questions, and then the last one will feed us into the next thing. So, 
Uh, first, uh, favorite Cleveland neighborhood? Oh, man, Huff. That's where I'm from. H-O-U-G-H, man, Huff. I love Huff. That's what that's what made me. That's who I am, why I am. My wife is from Huff. Um, her family's been on the, in the Huff neighborhood on both sides for decades. So just Huff, man, that's home. Yeah. I can always go back to I can always go back to Huff, and I got a I got a couple boys living in the neighborhood, and we can kick it. So that's 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 home, man. That's my favorite neighborhood to, for the rest of my life. I feel like I feel like one day you're gonna probably write a, a novel or, or something about about Huff neighborhood. That's what that's what I feel. I feel like that's that's gonna come down in the future. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. You already know that's gonna happen. Yeah. And it'll be yeah. hopefully like Emmy nominated. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I love it. I love the confidence. All right, um, let's do last one. Favorite sports team in Cleveland? Oh, come on, man. You know who it is. I know, I know. And you know, when I looked at that, it was crazy because I was looking at that. I was like, damn, that's a crazy question to ask. But <laughs> I'll tell you, I got I got my, my, my PC answer. My PC answer is, come on, I love them all. You know, they're all my – you know, you, you got to love all your children – Right. Come on, but man. The Browns is the Browns. Honest, um, <laughs> I will, the only reason, of course, I'm going to say the Browns. Hey. Because, you know, I'm a football first type of guy. Um, I grew up I grew up loving baseball. My uncle actually worked in the marketing department for the Indians back in the um, oh, okay. back in the uh, 80s. Um, so I, I grew up watching it, knowing it. Um, I was very, I was more in tune with baseball than most black kids were in the 90s and 2000s. Um, but... It's, it's something about, you know, and then, and then basketball, I really didn't become a super fan of basketball until I was like 14. So I've, I've seen every single Super Bowl since uh, John Elway beat Brett Favre. Like I haven't oh, missed wow. a Super Bowl since yeah. then. And I was like five. So I love football. And, and then the fact that, you know, the Browns were gone. I think they left before my fourth birthday. So I didn't get to see the Browns, you know, like I, I was yeah. a infant when I was probably watching the Browns at my grandparents' house. So, um, you know, it's, 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 the Browns just hold a special place in your heart. And it's interesting. I talk to my students about it that know sports. And they, you know, they love the fact that they kind of have a teacher that's a Browns fan because they get to, like, watch the success. You know, like, yes. this season, it don't matter where you were in America. If you are a Browns fan, this season hits you so hard in the fields, bro. Like, oh man, you felt this, season. and it, it was it it was it, like I I love I love the Browns. I'm one of those guys who you know was definitely no this year they're gonna do it this year this year I was always that guy, and it, it was good to finally see like this was the year like we got there, and we yep. like we pissed on the Steelers in the playoffs. Hell yeah, and like was like Wait. we were a third and fourteen stop away from AFC championship. So it's like, hey, it's did like, you, hey, I did you, did you say Pittsburgh? Like this was every Steelers. That I waited. Good morning, <laughs> good afternoon, and good night, Pittsburgh. No, I was saying we, 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 when we pissed on the Pittsburgh Steelers, That's I was right. loving that in the playoffs. Hey, any, I, I don't know, I don't know uh, how many, uh, how many of our episodes you've listened to, but anytime anybody mentions the, the Steelers or uh, Pittsburgh, I gotta play this sound drop. I don't know if you can hear this, but. Or there's this one. There's the new one with that. I don't know if you saw that viral video of that fan. 
when he was running down the street. With yeah, the no, horn. no, it was no, it was the it was the Steeler fan that threw a, a ladder through his TV, screaming and crying about Baker Mayfield beating the Steelers. <laughs> oh yeah, these 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 guys that hate. Was so great. Bro, these guys hate. Well, Ryan doesn't necessarily hate it, but Jordan and Jimmy hate it when I play it. But I gotta play it, man. It's it's I, anytime I can dog the Steelers, I, I'm I'm taking that chance because I haven't I haven't been able to do it my whole life until this year. Man, tell me about it. Like, and you know, I think I think every diehard Cleveland Browns fan has a friend that they grew up knowing that's a diehard Steelers fan. Oh, and so, God, my cousins. Seeing them quiet on social media for, like, all this time, it's, oh, it's great. Bro, my cousins my cousins are from Erie, PA, and they're diehard Steeler fans, and they give it to me every single year. So this year I was finally able to just shove it right in their face. Fantastic. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. I got a, I got a standing ovation. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of brings yes. up the next topic we'll probably be talking about, Cleveland sports. So, uh, Dan, I know you'll probably get the conversation started. Did you want to talk about the Indians kind of season preview first, or do you want to jump uh, into the Browns? Let's, let's keep the Browns stuff rolling because we're, yeah. we're kind of into it now, and I'm, I'm fired up right now. Let's do it. A little it. bit fired up. So, uh, Brendan, I, I just had a question for you. So um, you can give me a couple answers to this because, you know, we're the Browns and we have a lot of good players right now. Um, who is your favorite Cleveland Brown currently? Currently, my favorite Cleveland Brown. Um, uh, I want to say like Miles Garrett is for sure, for yeah. sure up there, but he gonna be second to Juice Landry just because. Yeah, he really stepped up when Odell went out. Man, he really stepped up, and um, he's a really tough, hard nosed player. Man, uh, I feel like. He, I feel like he is a utility player that doesn't get his full respect in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a Julian Edelman type of player. He's that. He's like he he has championship DNA in him. I see it. The, you know the, what I mean? And that seeing that thing in Hard Knocks when he was telling the team like, "Yo, all that old culture is done." Yep. That was when he won my heart. Like he he's my favorite Brown for sure. I mean, that's literally that's literally when the culture changed. Was was that off season? And it was so cool to be able to have it documented through hard knocks and to see, you know, they brought in a leader like Jarvis Landry who just got up in front. He's on a brand new team, doesn't know anybody, and he gets up in front of the team. Well, at, at, at that video was just the wide receivers, and he's like, everything that's been going on before now doesn't matter, and, uh, you know, things are different now. And that's been the – the rallying cry for this entire team. You know, Baker talks about it all the time. Uh, he talks about a new standard here in Cleveland. And I think that started even before him. You know, he gets a lot of credit for it, but I think Jarvis is the guy that really started the whole turnaround. I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree. It was definitely, definitely juice, man. I, I, I love the guy. I hope he retires with Brown. I really pray he does. That will be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. There's been so many people out there who have been trying to trade Jarvis away because of his contract and blah, Nonsense. blah, blah. And I just think it's – I mean, you guys hit the nail on the head. It's the Culture changed as a direct result of his leadership. So I, I, I want him in Cleveland as long as he wants to play football. He, he's, he's with us. 
Hopefully Odell stays with him too. Yep. Because that's a that's another hot hot point is uh, OBJ on the Browns, yeah. and uh, I think it's ridiculous that people in our city want to want to trade uh, either OBJ and or Juice away for some stupid ridiculous thing like how much they make on their contract. Like we're fans, why do we care how much how much we're fa- we're fans how much. Right, we're fans. Why do we care about how much a player makes on his contract? Like, we're not the GM. We don't make those decisions. We just love the players, and if they if they contribute, then you know we're going to want them to stay on the team. Like, it's not our job to make sure that all these players stay under the salary cap. We just root for the team. So, for for people to be like, oh, trade OBJ because he makes too much money and you know he's hurt and he doesn't you know whatever like OBJ had a thousand yard season last year and people were just continually bitching about or not last year the year before and people were just continually bitching about it like I mean we haven't had a winner in this city in three decades and now we're starting to win and people are saying oh we got to trade him we got to trade him we got to oh I don't know if we can sign him like you know it's not our job to figure out whether you know we can re-sign Nick Chubb or something like that. Yeah, maybe it gives us a little anxiety because we don't know if we're going to be able to do it. But ultimately, you know, me and Ryan have talked about it. Um, you know, I'm going to trust Andrew Barry to make the make the decision. And I think he's going to make the right one. And whatever decision that is, I'm going to roll with. I agree. I agree. I think, I think the Browns, man, anybody complaining about the Browns, like, there's nothing to complain about. Like, we made the defensive signings. Like, our secondary definitely got, you know, revamped. We added Tack McKinley. We, you know, there's some really good draft picks, um, you know, looking like we could get, like, um, the one guy, I think his name is Zayvon Collins or maybe Joe Tryon from yep. Washington. Like, it's, it's like three or four players that will most likely be available when the pick comes. And it's like the only thing that the Browns really needed to fix was the defense. You know, our offense was great. And then the fact that our offense performed like that and Odell was out, you know what I mean? Like our best weapon on offense, you know what I'm saying? Arguably, yep. um, arguably, um, but you know, you could argue if he's ahead of Nick Chubb or not, but you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like offensively, there's nothing to complain about. It's all the defense. And we just, that's just because we had deficiencies and injuries, but now we back, man, you know, everybody's looking healthy and ready to go. So I don't, I, I Barring any other uh, health setbacks, I feel confident in the Browns here. There's really nothing to be, you know, nothing to complain about. How about uh, how about us signing uh, your boy John Johnson there from L.A.? Oh, that's a great signing. Great signing. Yeah, I think he's going to be really good for us. I think he's very underrated, and I think that comes from the fact that he came from the number one defense in the Rams, who. You know, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald kind of sucked up all the spotlight uh, for that defense. But, you know, the captain of that defense and the guy that was calling all the plays and uh, signaling all the plays was John Johnson. And we were able to get him. And, you know, I think that's going to be a huge signing for us. You know, he's not he's not necessarily an enormous name, but especially with how our secondary was last year, to be able to add a like a captain back there to be able to, you know, um, steer the ship. Is going to be awesome. So I'm super excited about that signing. Yeah, me too. It's it's a man. It's like I said. This secondary is going to be really dangerous next year, man. We got Greedy Williams is coming back. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure where Grant Delpit is and his recovery. You probably you could probably 
fill me in on how his recovery's been coming. But I know once we get Del Pitt, man, from you know, championship LSU Tigers, like it's it's gonna it's gonna be crazy in that secondary with Denzel Ward, and now we got Johnson. It's 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 crazy, man. It's gonna be crazy. Not to mention Troy Hill too from the Rams as well. I was yeah, I was gonna say Troy Hill is also a part of that uh, number right. one pass defense, and. Uh, there's and there's been rumors and rumblings uh, over the past couple days, uh, still regarding Jadavian Clowney, potentially coming in to to play opposite Miles Garrett. Um, you know that's been I feel like the Browns have been trying to sign Clowney for I don't know three or four years now. But um, if the if the the price tag on him is it's it seems so weird because he keeps seeming to think that he's one of those top uh, edge rusher guys. Uh, but I think it was uh, was it Dan Graziano or no? Right. It was. Um, Oh, there was somebody. Jeremy Fowler. Jeremy Fowler, thank you, was uh, talking earlier today about something in the seven million to ten million dollar range for for Clowney, and I, for seven million or eight million a year uh, for one or two year deal, I would absolutely sign up for Clowney in a heartbeat to to pair him opposite Miles, where he doesn't have to be the number one guy. He would be able to do a little bit of everything, and oh man, it would make things even better still. The thing about the thing about Clowney that's interesting is um, he doesn't put up the sack numbers, you know, especially as a number one pick. And I know for Jordan, who he was drafted by his Houston Texans, I know that's been frustrating when he played for the Texans. Jadevian Clowney is one of the best defensive ends in the league against the run. That's his bread and butter. And yeah, you like like ultimately you don't draft a defensive end number one overall because he can stop the run, but. He can stop the run at an elite level, and he's never really – when he was young, he played with J.J. Watt. But I think now that he's older and he's playing with a prime – like I'm, if he signs with the Browns, he's playing with a prime Miles Garrett, that could be you know something that he needs to kind of propel him and um, take his game to that next level. You know, I don't know. I If we sign Jadevian Clowney or we don't sign Jadevian Clowney, uh, to me – I don't know that it's that big of a deal. Yeah, I don't think it makes or breaks our defense, but just knowing what Andrew Berry's done in flipping the secondary and like you just mentioned as well getting so- several guys back healthy again. I mean the the health of our yeah. I mean our secondary we were rolling out a bunch of third and fourth string guys by the end of the season. Yeah. I mean we were really truly scraping the bottom of the barrel. So the way that we flipped the secondary, uh, oh by the way, happy birthday Andrew Berry. Yeah, uh, hey. That man is 30, not the only birthday. Thirty-four years old. Yeah, you know he's two weeks older than me. Unbelievable. Thirty-four. That's right. We we could very well my be birthday's in two at, weeks, at, fellas. At, that's true. We're gonna have to do something there too. We could be looking at like twenty to thirty years of Andrew Barry. Talk about getting away from myself. Oh, right? I mean, we could be decades of AB would be fine by me so far. Um, but yeah, I, I, so yeah, I to get back to the point, Clowny, I I agree. <laughs> I don't think that that is necessarily like make or break, but I think that would be a really, really, really fun piece. Uh, we're going to need to get some production out of the whoever's edge rushing opposite Miles. It, it can't be Tack McKinley the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. That could be whoever we draft, uh, certainly. But um, it, at seven or eight or nine million dollars a year, Clowney would be absolutely fine in my book. Hundred percent. One hundo P as I as I heard this weekend for the first time in my life. Oh my god! <laughs> Hannah's sister's boyfriend said said one hundo oh, P. Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> and I was like, 
What? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that's a thing with the kids these days. I don't know. I, I guess it means 100%. Yes. Uh, one hundo P for the kids out there. Um, but yeah, uh, what? Uh, how you feeling about the uh, the draft being in Cleveland this year, Brennan? I mean, obviously you're in LA, you're not here, but um, I think it's it, it's pretty cool to be able to showcase the city uh, with an event like the NFL draft. And thankfully, even though we're still in COVID, um, you know, there's going to be some pretty cool events going on downtown. See there. Yeah, I think I think it's cool, man. Like, um, you know, it's just it's really great to just you know see Cleveland over the past couple of years kind of get a little more respect on a national scale. You know, even going back to, you know, they had like um, they had a few sporting events in Cleveland some years back. Like, I think they had like the senior games, and they had the gay games. They had the RNC. They had. Um, uh, what is it, the MLB All-Star Game or something yep. like that? It's They're going to have the NBA All-Star there. Game next year. Um, uh, yeah, the NBA is next year. So, you know, having the draft there is amazing. Like, just seeing the, just seeing the Cleveland, just seeing Cleveland, like, the brand of the city kind of, you know, get a little more respect. I have a coworker at my job now who she just got a job teaching at Hawkins. She's getting ready to move to Cleveland. She's like really excited to like get out of LA and go move somewhere. She's from she's from Indiana. Her husband is from Columbus. Um, so you know they're, they're like happy to like get back home, you know, and go settle down in Cleveland. So um, you gotta make yeah, sure she gets a Roman really, burger. It's really good just to see Cleveland get this kind of respect. I will. Huh? You gotta make sure she gets herself a Roman burger from Mister Hero. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. I, uh, See, good. Thanks for telling me. I'm about to tell her she got to go get the uh, Roman <laughs> burger. For sure, yes. for sure. Uh, Roman burger, and she got to go, you know, stop by the Lincoln Lizard. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's good to see that going on in Cleveland, man. I will, I will say I'm a little jealous that I'm not there because I definitely would have went to some at least one event that weekend. But it's cool, man. It's cool. The, the city the city's still the city's still going to do its yeah, you got to come home and uh, go to a crew game. Now they got that new stadium uh, being built. Yeah, I saw. That's like that's that's like that's crazy. Seeing like the MLS just overall as a product kind of just grow. Because I remember being a kid, like like you knew like soccer was a big sport like in the rest of the world, but. And, you know, here in America, man, nobody was really paying any attention. And the MLS felt like a joke until probably like the mid-2000s where I felt like the the, the the level of play took like a very small jump. But it was a small enough jump that I felt like it benefited the U.S. national team. And that in turn kind of benefited the MLS in a return. And it was kind of like this cool little, like, you know, it, it was it was just kind of cool seeing both of them grow together, you know, U.S. National Soccer and the MLS, and then like Columbus, like then they won like a championship in the past couple of years, like yeah, this cool year they won like the hometown team, even though it's Columbus, you know, it's still Ohio. You guys know how it goes. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. How about how about the uh oh, we lost him. <laughs> right as I'm shooting. Oh, there we go. Uh yeah, how about the uh how about the tribe uh shopping at Payless this year? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Um, tribe season opens up on Indians, uh, man. Tribe, yeah. yeah, tribe season opens it's, up on Thursday in man, Detroit. Tribe, man, I, I don't know, man. This year, I'm just, I'm, I'm just not really feeling it, man. It's just, uh, oh man, it's it's gonna be tough, man. This 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 is this is that part. This this is that part where it's like when you look at the Dolan family, you know what I'm saying, and you look at how they operate, and and I I don't mean to sound grim here, and I really hope I'm wrong, but it feels like with the Indians, they're kind of looking like how the Knicks did in the '90s, where they or or not even now. I'm not gonna say the '90s, how the Knicks look, just you know, with Melo and. Amari Stoudemire and all them guys, and Mon Shumper, like, you know, some years ago, probably almost two years now, um, it's like that team that has, like, all this historical luster, and it's this great shine that's on the tribe. But I just feel like right now just how the Dolans manage their team finances and stuff, it's like it looks like the, the Indians are back in that position where it's like we just kind of might suck for a minute again until we have, like, three – three or four studs from our farm system and then we do it again like it, it's, yeah. just, it's just i don't know man i just i don't i don't have like a lot of like optimism about the indian just because of like the, the moves that they make and like i said the double and family like they kind of suck like <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you brought up the uh the knicks example because it's the same family that owns the knicks that owns the indians Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they just went on and got Andre Drummond, you know, to try and compete against Brooklyn. So, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, uh, I don't know, man. I, I just don't, I don't like the fact that they own the Indians because I know that will always be in that little, like, that little cycle. Like, at least at, at some point, maybe, hey, maybe we will get a championship. We got really close against the Cubs. Um, but it's like, it's just, I don't know, man. The ownership, ownership is what like causes me like to not be about them this specific. But I'll see. I might be wrong. Like the Indians could come out and Tito has those guys playing great, and then like we come out like a hundred plus wins again. Like I, I don't know, you know. Yeah, we'll see. God, I hope so. I mean, it fe- it feels like we're we're watching the movie Major League in real life. Oh, it just it legitimately feels that way. I, to me. Man, hey, if anyone wants. To- <laughs> Anyone wants to co- I have a tradition where I watch Major League before every single baseball season. If anyone wants to come over tomorrow, watch some Major League. Mm. Who are these effing guys? And, and, and when is opening day? You guys just said when opening uh, day. So they open, they open the season on Thursday in Detroit. Or is it Friday? Thursday. Thursday. And then the home opener is on Monday. So they only play three games on the road and then uh, in Detroit. And then they come home and open the season on Monday. At home, so they're caught. Can, can fans go to the game? Yeah, so I think uh, what is it right now? It's like thirty percent. Thirty percent. So about ten thousand um, are about allowed in, which probably is going to be so more. Like norm, normal. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but I know uh, the governor of the governor of Ohio said that hopefully by the fourth of July they'll be able to 
lift all attendance restrictions on uh, baseball games. Um, I know well, that's Ro- great because I, I plan on being in Cleveland at some point in July, so that would be amazing. Let's go. That's the case. Nice. So I can definitely go to an Indians game. Yeah, man. Um, and then I know uh, Roger Goodell came out and said that uh, they're anticipating that uh, the NFL season will have uh, full stadiums, hopefully by September. So, oh, I hope so. That's great. That's yeah. great. <laughs> that, that, if, if that, for me, it's really just the fact, like, I don't know if I can afford to go see a game at SoFi right now. Like, I, I'm Oh, my sure gosh. I, I know I definitely can't afford to go see a Lakers game whenever they open up because, like, you guys can imagine, like, if you guys remember how the ticket prices were with the Cavs when LeBron was there. Yep. Imagine LeBron playing in Staples Center. You know what <laughs> with I mean? The so lake. It's like, dude, <laughs> yeah. those tickets will, like, the, the, the nose, the, the highest up nosebleed ticket is like $1,800 if, oh. like, the Lakers are playing a playoff team. Jeez. You know what I mean? Like, it's God. crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, that's like, yeah, that's, that's, it's crazy. That's like, <laughs> man. How, but, uh, how, yeah, how, so. But hopefully, man, I can make it to a uh, to a Dodgers game at some point. Oh, that would be awesome! Yeah, how is uh, how is COVID uh, going in uh, in LA right now? So you know, if you guys, you know, if anybody been paying attention, uh, you know, we were we were definitely became we became the second hot spot. You know, like when it first hit, um, New York was the hot spot, and then we kind of took over that hot spot out here yeah. uh, right after the summer. So it's been pretty bad. I'm not going to lie to you, man. No, it was like specifically in like L.A. County, like, you know, high death rate, high ICU rate, hospitalization rate, all of that for a long time. The numbers just started coming down because California, I think, the way how I've been looking at the news and reading stuff and, then you know, talking to family back in Ohio as well. Like just overall in the country, I think California maybe has had one of the better responses. Mm-hmm. Also... The caveat to that is our our governor Gavin Newsom is up for a recall, which basically means like he can kind of get like government form of like impeached kind of sort of. Mm-hmm. So um, he a lot of people are saying maybe he did it because he really wants to you know what I'm saying keep his recall from going through because uh, a Democrat was recalled out here like in the 2000s I think and he's a Democrat and even mm-hmm. though this is a very liberal state it's like. It's kind of a red state in a lot of ways. So, but all, all that being said, um, the uh, COVID response has been very, very great uh, since the uh, the vaccine came out. I will say because I am an educator, I am fully vaccinated myself. It's been a full week uh, tomorrow that I've been one hundred percent vaccinated with both my shots. With the uh, I have the Pfizer vaccine. Nice. So, um, uh, it's it's definitely. Uh, it, 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 a lot of stuff was closed. You haven't been able to do a lot, um, but it's 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 getting there. You know what I mean? Stuff is starting to open up a little bit. Uh, restaurants are now open at twenty five percent capacity from the inside. You know, luckily because it's Southern California, you've been able to dine outside for most of it. Yeah. Uh, we do have our chilly and rainy days in the fall, in the winter, but for the most part, you know, still, you know, it's, it's that typical 70, 75%. I was going to say, I feel so bad for you to have to, have to and, deal uh, with those rainy days. Yeah, you know, it's... it's... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's funny every time I tell people about that, because, you know, you get out to California, you, you get spoiled. You get spoiled for sure. And I'm Probably. out here complaining. I'm telling my friends, like, man, it's, it's, it's 55 degrees 
raining all day. The sun only came off for like two hours during the afternoon. And then they'll say like, oh, yeah, well, it's 30 degrees here and it's been snowing all day. And I got to go to work. And, and then Bro, I was it's... just like, all right, gotcha. So, yeah, I, I'm like, I'm spoiled a little bit for sure. It's 73 and sunny here today. And on April Fool's on Thursday, it's going to be 31. Oh my God! See, yeah, Mother see, that's Nature. That's that Cleveland shit. Man. That's that Cleveland weather shit I'm talking really, about right there. Man. It really is. <laughs> Not good. That's, I, I I try to explain that. I, I try to explain that to people out here. Like the weather ain't change at the drop of a dime. But then also try to explain to Cleveland people that like the weather, like the temperature doesn't always translate out here in LA because it's a desert. You know, like. A lot of people don't know that, like, L.A.'s climate is a desert. It is, like, in the middle of the desert. So, like, if there's no, like, like immediate warmth in the atmosphere, because it's, like, no humidity, 65 degrees can be a pretty chilly, windy day, you know what I'm saying? Depending on how the sun wants to behave. Mm. Yeah, I'd like to say that, uh, that I feel you, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a battle you just can't win because it's like yeah. growing up in Cleveland. Like, oh, for sure. Just try to test the limits to see like how much pity can you get. It's like no, right. no pity at all. Like, but I mean, but yeah. I remember them winners, man. I remember that polar vortex, dude. Right, what was that, right. Like, 2012, 2013. That's what I was gonna say. Like, I can't, I can't give you that that much of a hard time because you know exactly what a Cleveland winner is like. So you live through it. So. It's not like you're born and raised in California and have no oh, yeah. idea what it's like here. Right, right. Right. I've, I've been in California for the better part of like three years. Like, I, I, right. haven't, <laughs> I haven't really, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and like it's, it's, I still have those, it's like PTSD. It's like, sometimes I'll, it'll be, I'll feel just a breeze. And I instantly think, like, uh-oh, it's one of those cold Cleveland days. And I'm like, no, dude, you live in Southern California. Once <laughs> you walk down the street, it's going to be very, very warm. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. Well, um, real quick, Brandon, before we, uh, before, we close things, before we close things up, I wanted to ask, too, I know uh, L.A. and that area is like the food truck capital of the world. Oh, so yeah. I have to ask, like, have you been able to experience some pretty awesome food truck action out there? Or, or what do you all normally do uh, for, like, weekends or food or stuff like that? Man, I'm about to tell you right now. I'm about to tell you right now. The taco truck thing in L.A. Oh. is real. Oh, man. The $2 tacos mm. with the... You go up to him, and it's the little, you know what I'm saying, it's the little middle-aged Mexican dude, yep. and he collecting the money, and his wife getting busy on the grill, and they making the homemade, they just pour the dough, the dough already ready, and they put it on the little thing, and they press it down, and then they make it right there, and you walk yep. up, and you say, yeah, let me get four, you know, let me get two pastor, two pollo, and then they get to cooking them up. Yep. And you just sitting there watching process, you know what I'm saying? And, oh, and then I know. It's like, and it's sometimes it's like a minivan with a little tent in the front. And then, man, you, you get home. This, the, this is my favorite part about the taco. You get home, right? So, you know, you get all your toppings off. Me, personally, I like a little the cilantro and onions. Yep. Then a little bit of pico. Mm -hmm. And then just squeeze lime over. Just mm -hmm. squeeze some lime over the top. 
You know it. And you don't need no cheese. You don't need no nope. lettuce. You don't need no sour cream. You don't need none of that. Because the meat is the meat is seasoned. Whatever the Latino Latinx community does to season the meat should be like a secret. Like nope. nobody should know. Like it should be like a monopoly on like how to season this meat because it's like so good. <laughs> exactly. Like the, like the, the pastor. <laughs> Oh my God! When I eat the pastor, like, when I get a taco now, it gotta be pastor. Yeah. And I gotta put the cilantro with the onion, with the pico, and I get about four or five lime slices for me and my wife. And I'm, a, you know, I put the little lime juice on it, and that's mm. all you need. That's and it. So it's just I'm absolutely what a Heineken. Now. If I'm really feeling fancy, I go get me a six pack of Heineken, and then I, <laughs> you know, I get to like. Man. Brandon, I gotta say, you're puro mexicano, man. That's that's what's you know what you know what a good taco is now. So I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yes. See, I've been waiting. Hey, real quick, Darren, I got a funny story. So check this out. Yeah. So when me and my wife was out here, right, when we first got out here together, um, we were living in this like we were like renting a room in a house, and so uh, we we had to go do our laundry at the laundromat down the street. So, you know, we were going down there and, you know, doing our thing or whatever. And um, it was crazy because I started to realize every time when we would go be, go to the... And this is pre-COVID. Like, we don't have masks. Every time we would go to the laundromat, the little old ladies would always start speaking Spanish to us like we fluently spoke it. Like, <laughs> not like they're trying to ask us questions. They just bust up with a bunch of questions and, like, they talking... And I'm just sitting there like, dude, I only know every, like, fifth, sixth word. So I'm like, <laughs> at some point, you just got to be really nice and be like, right. no, no hable espanol. But, like, dude, I swear for, like, for, like, the long, I, I don't know if it was, like, how my wife's hair was cut or, like, I don't know what it was, but they would just come up to, they would just rattle off Spanish, like, that is, Latino or something. That is so. Like, I was kind of confused. Yeah, that is very interesting. I'm, I'm not... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just assume people in LA speak Spanish or something, but I don't know. Unless they, I don't know. <laughs> That's so interesting. Maybe. <laughs> hey, I mean, you're you're getting close. You're getting close to being an maybe, honorary maybe, Mexican. Maybe, I don't, maybe, maybe. Oh yeah, definitely for sure. Like, and then, and we no, even now, like we live in a Latino community. Oh know, yeah. Latino community. But I love yeah. that about LA, man. It's like the crazy thing about LA. Um, like everybody sees like the industry and the glitz and the glamour and the, the fancy Teslas and the big houses and all yeah. that stuff. But you know, this is a Latino city. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like this is a very, the Chicano culture is steep. You know, Guatemala and El Salvador and the Honduran culture is like here. You know, Mayan culture is is in these little pieces. Like this mm-hmm. is a very beautifully Latinx, Latino, Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Whatever the correct term is, I just want to respect all the cultures, yeah, man. Yeah. But the, the, those cultures that when you get into like the real LA, not just the you know the touristy LA or the right. showbiz LA, like the real LA, like you see a lot of beautiful people of color, and the Latino community is, of course, you know, I think uh, the, the the most represented out here, and I, I really I really love it. I love you know kind of being around it and learning about it. And the taco trucks, bro, like they're like really great, like. Tacos, like they're like, they're, I'll never eat Taco Bell again. Like, I, I like this, this is all I want for the rest I of my tell life. you what, yeah. you you know what, you you. I don't know if you knew that you were describing the perfect taco, but when you said about the seasonings and the meat, 
and no cheese is necessary. Although some tacos do have cheese, but like when you were describing all this stuff, the cilantro and the onions, that's that's a taco right there. It's it's the tortilla, homemade tortilla, the meat prepped the right way, seasoned the right way. You throw the cilantro and onions, a little salsa, and then squeeze some lime over that, and you're all good. That's what that's all you need. Fantastic. Yes, sir. But yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brendan, this has been a pleasure. I'm so glad we got to get you on. I've been wanting to get you on the show for a while. Um, again, if you want to maybe plug your book that's coming out, and then give us your uh, give us your uh, social media icon, uh, social media tags, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up. Yeah, for sure, man. So um, for Pride for Country will be out um, at, through Amazon. Uh, this spring, <laughs> like some of them spring, um, date TVD, but you know, to stay up to the, you know, to stay up on that date, um, you can follow me at Brendan Witt on Twitter. Um, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at sneakers McGee. And, um, my website is www.brendanwitt.com. You can just Google me. Like, I'll, I'll pop up. You'll see Brendan Witt. Just Brendan Witt. And I'll pop up. I'm right there. Like, I'm kind of Google. I'm not Google famous, but I'm on my way to being Google famous, maybe. I, love, I don't know. I love, yeah, you can Google me, man. And I'm up there. <laughs> so, yeah. I love I love that line because that reminds me, anytime Shaq and uh, Charles Barkley get into it on Inside the NBA, Shaq always goes, Google me, Charles. Google me. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah, I love that. Hey, I can say that. I really feel, hey. That's a flex that not everybody can do. Right, like right. I, said, I say you Google me, yeah. and I will pop up. Hey, Brendan, is is my picture yeah. still? Is my picture I took of you still the picture that comes up for you? No, man, they switched it up to a different picture. I got now. I don't know what happened. It was for the longest. Yeah, you know yeah. What? Whenever you Google me, that is that is still to this day one of the top pictures that you see. Like. I, I always said I'm gonna leave it like that, like I'm like, cause I I still look the same exact way. It's just my beard got more fuller. Like, yeah, yeah, now, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, cause I remember I that. I did. I, I look at 29, almost 30. How I did at 23. Like, yeah, that's great. I just I, I, I was twenty two when you actually put that. Yeah, well, I, we're we're the same age, and because uh, I'm turning thirty this year as well, and. I remember when I took that picture, I, I was kind of like beginning to get into photography at the time. And I'm very proud of those pictures. I thought they came out really well. So, <laughs> oh, Dude, you get compliments on those pictures. Like every time, I like, you know how this with photographers, like you won't get like the right away, but like people say how good of a picture it is. And they, especially the, the uh, color, the one that's in color. Yeah. Like, oh man, it's crazy. Like, I have those pictures, like, to this day. Like, those are my media pictures that I still use a lot. Like, awesome. Glad you, glad I to send them off to people and be like, yo, this is my... Even, even, like, the old, like, distorted... I got, like, the all distorted and the pixels aren't the same anymore. <laughs> I just send that off. Like, man, <laughs> Yes, yes. Just do, do as you will. It's a great picture. Awesome, awesome. Well, Brendan, thanks again for being on, being on the show. Any last thing, anything else you want to plug before we wrap up, or are we all good? Yo, um, definitely. So, uh, one thing I will love to plug is, um, you know, you go to my website, go to brendanwitt.com and you'll scroll down and, you know, you'll see it on the front page. And, um, I have a short story series called, um, it's bedtime in our America. You got to do the shh before you do it. Um, so I have that 
and I'm, I'm actually gearing up to start up the second the second part of that. I wanted to do it back in the fall, man, but you know I had other priorities that I had to take care of. But I got three stories drafted for it, man. It's like my it's my short story series that I do between when I'm working on books. So whenever um you know what I'm saying everything's settled, I got a lot of stuff coming out. I got I got the new series for the short story. Um, I'm actually starting to think about doing another e journal that I did called Black um, Journal that um, I put it out and I just talk about, you know, black people that I knew doing great things, man, no matter what it is, man. So yeah. I'm thinking about, you know, well, I'm not thinking about it, but I'm getting ready to do that. Um, definitely my, my new book for Pride for Country coming out. Um, I'm going to do a reissue of If I Wrote a Hip Hop Album, which is my hip hop poetry, very simplistic lines. Um, but that that reissue will be coming out. And, um, yeah, man, just, oh, and shout out to Living Off the Land podcast, man. These dudes pretty funny. I watched like a, like a half an episode a few weeks back. Um, but yeah, man, I love it. Uh, I'm proud to be on here. Uh, I hope, like, as long as you guys keep doing this, I can be like a guest that's like always on. Like, I like yeah. Kevin Hart is always on the Breakfast Club every time. He <laughs> like, I love it. But um, yeah. yeah, man, just shout out to y'all, man, doing big things, man. Um, I, you know, it's great. I'm definitely going to start listening to y'all more, like, now being on the show. It's like, it makes you want to listen more. Like, all right, oh, I for really sure. want to hear them, like, just straight up just talking Cleveland sports, man. But, yeah, man, this is this is this has been a great experience. I haven't been on, I haven't done a podcast in a couple years, so this felt like, it felt really refreshing. I've never done it, like, virtually, but it yeah. was still cool, though. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, hey, you know what? We'll get you on again for sure. I tell you what, if you're when you come in town again this year, if you have time, maybe we can fit you in in Absolutely. person. That'd be great. Absolutely. So. Oh yeah. Oh man. Hey, Jordan, let y'all know in person, it's gonna be even crazy. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm gonna just say whatever comes to mind. Like, like I hope, I hope. I hope, I hope my cussing wasn't too much on the nah. podcast. No, not at all. You're fine. Ryan cusses enough for all of us. Yeah, true story. <laughs> all right, cool. Yeah, no, you're hey. good. You're good. Well, shit, man. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, we appreciate it, Brendan. Uh, thanks for coming on. We really enjoyed it. Um, you can follow uh, Brendan, like he said, at Brendan Witt uh, on Twitter, at uh, Sneakers McGee on Instagram. And uh, if you want to follow us, if you're not already, follow us at the LOTL Podcast on all of our social media. Uh, our website, LOTLPodcast.com, where you can get all of our embedded uh, links to all of our episodes. And uh, make sure you follow us, subscribe, uh, rate, uh, leave a note on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google. Is it Google Podcasts, Google mm-hmm. Play? I don't even know. Uh, Podbean, wherever you find your podcast, make sure you're following us and uh, leave a review. Leave, make sure you leave a five star because we love that. Um, I'm looking at you, uh, Joe Alto. Thanks for your one star, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Um, but anyway, uh, we appreciate you guys listening to episode 153. So for Brendan, Jordan, Ryan, and Jimmy, I'm Dan. Jimmy, happy birthday, buddy. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. See ya.